Hey, this is Ryan. Hey, this is Steve. And this is Daniel. And you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, mining, reviewing, breaking, playing, and drinking beer podcast. Yay! Hooray. We're back. We came all the way back to Salvage Custom again. Yeah, for Luke Mundy, uh, if you're a little disappointed that episode 40 wasn't that ranty, uh, we're hoping this one will be a little angrier. Steve is getting geared up. <laughs> <laughs> We got we downed a bottle of uh, Melange here. Yeah, last the brewery. week. And we're down a growler, almost a growler of what is this? It's so Newcastle Brown Ale. No, it's New English. Oh, New English, New English brewer, brewing the brewer's company. special Brown yeah. Ale. New English is a San Diego. It I can't believe it's, it says it's from San Diego, but it's really from Mira Mesa. Oh my gosh, come on, <laughs> well, San Diego it's County. It's really from Sorrento Valley. It's yeah. it's like a block and less than a block from my work. But I anyway, can't believe I messed up the name. I New English is like my favorite brewery in San Diego. I was trying to get a sponsorship, but not anymore. I think New English should totally sponsor the 60 Cycle Hum podcast. I wish they would. I should go down there and and pitch it. It's the best beer I've had from New English Brewery tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I just really like their brown ale. I'm a big brown fan. Uh, They have all their dark beers are really good. And then because it's San Diego, they have like two IPAs. Oh, they're uh, they're Zoom Bar. They have that Zoom Bar coffee stout. That thing's Uh in my top five. Oh, it's good. It's one of the best. I like the Pacific Storm Stout, too. Yeah, I had some of the I had some of the uh, the the whatever's in the growler right now tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. Yeah. What did you think? You hated it was, it, it was like the it. best whatever was in the growler tonight I've ever had. I'm going to have some All right, right now. One of you asked me what's new, Ryan. Hey, Ryan, what's new? Oh, new in my life? Hmm, what's going on? Uh, my band might be getting a residency soon. What? I know, Uh-oh. right? I haven't actually mentioned this to anyone outside of my household. So my wife or my baby. Where are you guys going to set up a residency? Uh, there's a, a band down in, off of University Avenue called uh, the Meru or the Marrow. It's like the Celtic word for a mermaid. Weird. But uh, the guy from there contacted me and he's like, hey, would you guys like to play or possibly always play? I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. So we've been working through the details of that. I've never done a residency before. It's basically where you have one night a week where you play every single every time. Like so, we're gonna be playing like every Tuesday or something. Right, like you that. play like awesome. every Tuesday for like a month or two or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna be running like a like an interesting little like surf psychedelic garage rock sort of show right. with some other bands and see how it goes. Could be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be the closest I've ever been to being an actual like professional you should, style uh, musician. You should hit up uh, Josh Nuigo for some tips on how to do a residency. Oh my gosh. I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys have that one moment. Yeah. <laughs> my, my guitarist actually plays for Josh Nuigo, which is like a funny coincidence because it's like a friend from Stephen R's past. And then like I set up this band and like my new guitarist who like didn't even know that I knew this person started playing with him. So it was just like a funny coincidence. Your guitarist is a whore. I know. He plays with everyone. Seriously. He's uh, he's like in like four different tribute bands <laughs> and, right. like, and does a bunch of other stuff. He's in New York right now uh, in a musical. Well, okay. Cool. I forget. Uh, he's, he's playing someone from rock and roll history i forget i i'm a bad person for not yeah knowing whatever who he's, this is a bad is, you're a bad person yeah. in general 
So that's what's new with me. Oh, I've been doing a lot of reverb selling. I sold, uh, if people on the group know, that I sold uh, my Fuzz Probe finally. And I sold it to a freaking Canadian. And oh, I didn't, Canada. I didn't realize that it costs more to ship to Canada. I'm pretty new to shipping stuff. It's kind of international. It's kind of, yeah. It's kind it of, may be America's hat. It's a whole but it's lot. also another country, right? It's a whole different country than America, and they charge you much more money to send stuff there. So I still made a little bit of money off of that pedal, but I didn't make the chunk of change I was hoping to make. You should have put extra on the customs, how much it costs. That way he'd get jacked a little bit well, more. Well, <laughs> I told the guy. You stick it to the man. I told the guy that I was going to eat the cost of the shipping, even though it was more than I thought it was going to be. And just trying to get a good rating out of him, I guess. But I, so you're gonna I go, also felt, you're going to go burrito your, list for is a that week. Your first sale? No, it's my second. But the first one was in the states, so it was like five dollars. Right? How do and you f- how do you feel about the fees for reverb as opposed to like eBay or something? Way better than eBay. I haven't actually sold anything off of eBay, but just it's. I think it's like three percent on reverb or something. Yeah, I think so the, it's like dirt cheap. I think the last thing I sold on eBay, I lost. I ended up losing like. Over ten percent at yeah. the end of the day, or they like take a right, lot. Yeah, right around ten percent because you get the eBay seller fees, and then the PayPal fees. Yeah, and, yeah. But Reverb is like I think they charge three percent, and then the PayPal fees is a couple percent. Dude, Reverb seems like they're doing a good job with that. They are, and you know, it's, I'm surprised how much activity uh, and how much like response I've gotten off of stuff. Like I had the, I had my Fuzz right up there, or my Fuzz Bright. For like a couple days, and it sold right away. The Fuzz Probe is a really weird thing. It took a month for it to sell. Uh, How much did you sell it for? Uh, One seventy-five. Dude, I totally would have. <laughs> I t- I offered it to you. I was trying I to know. push it on you. You did. Yeah, should have gotten that. There's other ones up there for two hundred. <sighs> you got to yeah. trade that thing to Daniel for your flanger. <laughs> <laughs> I had, dude, I still haven't gotten yeah. my work trade out of you because I haven't given it to you yet for that pedal board I got you. I know, dude. right? So I should have just gotten that fuzz right and the flanger. Or not the fuzz right, but the... The fuzz probe? The probe. No, I'm waiting for you to be like, here's the board. Paint I'm, something on it. Dude, the boards. Boards. <laughs> Multiple boards. Multiple hundreds I'm, of them. I mentioned to paint them. You just got to give them to me. I know. Man. I'm going to... Uh, Let's do that. We should do that. Yeah, let's do what it. What are we going to paint on those boards? Well, we talked about... Tiki scenes. Doing like a tiki thing. Tiki robot. I think... A- angry w- tiki robot girl. I think it would be cool to do like a Western one. Western one would be sweet. Yeah, with like horseshoes and cowboys and stuff and ropes. Steve, did you just go out the front door of the shop to fart? <laughs> the delayed response means yes. <laughs> after, listen, after listening, you complained about Ryan's. Farts I appreciate earlier, that because Ryan uh, just wrecked this yeah. shop. Really. I mean, this is a twenty foot ceilings in here, and it's just yeah. horrible. It smells like I was eating my baby's diapers. <laughs> you probably were. It's really bad. I'm not getting as many meals as I should get. I might be eating diapers. Um, okay, so Ty and I have a, a gentleman's agreement that he made me a board, and I'm supposed to do art on some boards for him, but he never gives me the boards to do art on. I almost built them one time. <laughs> finally now, you're gonna get these boards hey, so done, one day and we're gonna be old men and i'm gonna die and you're gonna be like no like halfway through one of them like it's just it's like half done and then there's this paint pen like, like <laughs> scrolling off to the uh, side. What was so that? one day there's gonna be a couple sweet awesome pedal boards available for sale that ryan has hand painted in his fantastic paint pen artwork uh-huh. one will be a Tiki, like a tiki tropical theme. Tiki tiki fighting a robot. Tropical 
ray gun chick. <laughs> you want her volcano on there. exploding themed board? Okay. And the other one will be cowboy themed. Sure. Is that good? Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I like that. People are gonna dig it. You're gonna probably sell the pedal board I made you like a year ago on Reverb before. <laughs> I never get you those boards to paint. Sometimes I see your boards on Craigslist, and I'm like, I should just go buy that, and then like take it back to you and be like, hey, you want to rebuy this from me? (laughs) There was some guy who was selling one of your big ones like a year ago for like 200 bucks. Yeah, there was one. It was that was the dude Sasha. Yeah, up in like Serrano Valley. Yeah, I remember selling that board to him, and then he sold it to another guy. I can't remember the dude's name, a local dude who brought it in, and then I modded it and fixed it up a little bit. So it did end up back at, it's still rolling. in your shop. And then that guy sold it, I think. Yeah. So I was like, dude, 200 bucks. I should have bought that. I know. And then like just well, I sent you cleaned the it all up and made it nice yeah. and then like flipped so, it. For so it. what you're saying is if you want a salvage board, don't buy one direct. Just wait oh my for it to be No, no, no. Dude, my that kid, was a bizarre low price. Like My that, kids don't need to eat or anything, so don't even yeah. buy them direct. Yeah. That guy, like. Like he was just trying to get rid of it. Like money doesn't mean anything to him, because he could have. He, he was in. A, he lived in a pretty nice house. <laughs> he could. He could have gone much higher on that, and someone would have bought it. You know. Yeah, it was a nice rig. It was a thirty. It was a big one, thirty-six by eighteen. Yeah, shellac shellac tweed case, which was in good shape still. Nice walnut board. Well, barely used it. Yeah, it was in good shape. It's like it he, was a good price. He bought board. something and just like, oh, don't like it anymore. Just get rid of it. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I'll play guitar anymore. Yeah, I don't know. It was probably just too big. I, probably, every time somebody tries to order a super big board like that, I always try to talk them out of it. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you know, you could probably make that fit on a smaller rig. Yeah. You don't really need a big board. Like, I, I always, it doesn't matter. Like, if you buy one of the, the pedal train, even like a pedal train pro, and fully load that thing with pedals, yeah. like, you hate your life. You no, I, I did that. It sucks. It's the worst. I always like, feel you're like, like if you're going to get... like, I bought this pedal train because pedal train... As far as I know, makes the lightest pedal boards on the market. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's someone else who's making out of like aircraft aluminum that's like yeah, pedal similar. Pedal trains are probably the lightest. But pedal trains, you know, if not the lightest, they're one of the lightest, especially if you're going soft case. So I'm like, Pedal Train Pro, this thing weighs like the board and the bag weighs like 12 bu- or twelve pounds or whatever. Yeah. And then I put like 30 pounds of pedals on it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? No, it's really easy to it's really easy to get like a 50-pound board oh, totally. in a heartbeat. I mean, you're putting a bunch of metal boxes on it. Yeah. yeah. And they're you full know, of like little lead components and stuff. All lead. Yeah. The he- they're full of like the heaviest components available. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. I opened up one of my pedals and it was... It, it like it had Little like rocks. four circuits in it, and then like just this glass vial full of mercury, and it wasn't even connected to anything. I heard that the uh, that the Z-Vex, <laughs> tone, mercury tone. I heard that the secret to the Zvex box of rocks is that Zachary Vex actually puts a box full of rocks, actual stones, inside the pedal. That's yeah. true, and that's not only why the pedal is heavy, but that's also why the tone is so yeah. like heavy. I just so think rocky. when I see those big boards, like the huge ones, I always think. I'd much rather have two medium boards. I would too. And just carry them both in and put them side by side. Well, the best thing about me owning the Pro is I was playing a bass through that. Oh my pedal gosh, board. it was ridiculous. <laughs> and that's why well, I don't have it anymore. It's such a big board. I can't. Like, some dudes, like, I was just doing a. With a guy he had. We were just talking through his board. He just, he just ordered one. 
and he's like, I got uh, like 13 pedals and I want like a bit like 32 by 16. I like the PT pro size. Uh huh. And I was like, are you sure about that? Like, that's a really big board. And, you and know, then he got start- 13 pedals. Yeah. And then he sent me what pedals he had. And he had a lot of like really large box, like right. oh, okay. three button pedals. So if you're rocking a bunch of like, say like big box, electroharmonic stuff, like a memory and man and things like that. Yeah. Like a, like they take up a lot of real estate, original fuzz face, and- but also they're not quite as heavy as, Sure. Three pedals of the same size. Well, so. that's sure. because they're a giant aluminum box with yeah. a with a two inch PCB inside of it. Yeah, <laughs> which seems a little bit weird. To I me. feel like like we should get into ads. We didn't even do any ads last episode. No, we didn't. Let's do an Steve ad. Steve was talking too much. Yeah, Steve just wouldn't shut up. We're gonna hit this Birdland. Yeah, let's hit the Birdland. Uh, you want to talk about that? We found this on on. Well, did someone send this to us? Uh, I found it. No, this was local. You sent it to me while yeah. I was driving around Mission Valley. It's this thing is up for a uh, thousand dollars, and that's what caught my attention because it claims to be a 1964 Gibson Birdland. If you're not familiar with the Birdland, it's because uh, Ted Nugent buys every single one and <laughs> keeps it hoarded in his Basically, attic. Basically, yeah, that's the it's a Gibson's uh, hollow body from the 60s. Yeah. Um, great, anyway. big, great big jazz box with two. You gonna humbuckers. let me read this thing or what? Oh, no, Steve, come on, Steve, thing, will you shut up? You're talking so much. That oh. thing looks real good. All right, I'm gonna gorgeous. buy one. 1964 Gibson Birdland from the final year of Gibson's golden era. Beautiful sunburst finish with Florentine cutaway. No breaks, no repairs. Neck never reset. Only noted changes to the guitar are a refret with rebind on the neck and a possible rebind of the pick guard. Original, never opened, early patent sticker pickups. This guitar has amazing tone, and the neck shape is spot on. The guitar is in good slash excellent condition with some minor dents and dinks and wear on the neck near the cowboy cord area. <laughs> Comes with its original hardcore, hard case, hard shell case. Wow. What dexterity is it, Steve? Uh, the dexterity is right-handed. Oh, it's it's even noted there in the ad. A right-handed uh, guitar. No kidding. Right-handed dexterity. I'm guitar. glad it's not a wrong-headed It is a right-handed <laughs> Gibson Birdland made in the United States, and the body type is hollow. So what's wrong with this ad? Oh, it's $1,000. It's $1,000. What a great price, guys. I'm going to buy two of them. And first when I saw this ad, I was like, this has to be a typo. They have to be missing a zero. That's how far off... This price is is so far off that if they added a zero to it, it would be closer to normal. Yeah, because this should like, yeah this should be between six and eight thousand dollars. This is yeah. a, it's a beautiful guitar and yeah. it is in good shape. So Ryan and it's fairly rare I think, and it's from nineteen sixty four. Yeah. and you literally have to wrestle Ted Nugent to get one of these. If you buy this, Ted Nugent is going to show up. In with the a middle with of the a night, crossbow, with a crossbow or a compound bow, yeah. and shoot like a message through your window onto like your bedroom wall, and like Robin Hood style, like a message is going to drop down, and it's going to say, "I want your guitar," like here, and there's going to be a check attached to it, a blank check, and you just get to fill it in. You take the guitar, you leave it on your front stoop. Ted Nugent takes the your guitar front stoop. Yeah, the, your front door. You just take it out, you leave it out there. Stoop kid. You know, you Steep. fill up, you, you just write a number on the check, you never hear from Ted again. Is that, is that true, Ryan? It's true. I had one of these. I paid $8,000 and Ted Nugent bought it, and, uh, and I filled out the check for $10,000 because, you know, I don't want to be greedy, but I still want to make a little bit of money. <laughs> so, 
So I don't want to take so much money that Ted Nugent tries to kill me. There's a line. There's a line. You know, if you take too much money from Ted Nugent, he's going to shoot you with that bow. You're right, Ryan. There's a line there. There's a line. You just can't. Right. I don't want to cross it. So anyway, so what happened? Did you buy this guitar for $1,000? I did not. To sell to Nuge? Uh, I posted a picture of the ad up on the group. On the Facebook group, which you should all be on. I don't know why any of our listeners wouldn't be on the group. What if they don't have a Facebook? Uh, then they don't need a Facebook. You can read the group without having a Facebook account. But you can't interact. You can't interact. But, uh, you know, you should be reading it anyways. Uh, to You know, you should be seeking entertainment from us. It's educational. Every single moment of the day. Anyway. <laughs> um, so this is a special brand of scam. Uh, that comes up every once in a while yeah. where somebody we actually Ryan and I simultaneously unbeknownst to each other uh, were looking at eBay listings for the Gibson Birdland and particularly uh, completed listings that had sold and we found this guitar uh, it was this was a completed eBay listing how much did it sell for about 880 it said it, said it like went that? to to a bidder, so it didn't say the exact price, but the asking price was around eight, eight grand. Yeah, it was like eight grand. Um, and literally all the pictures identical, everything identical. The description is identical. Description is a copy-paste. Um, so what's the angle on the scam? All I can figure is either there is a phone number attached to it, is either people are going to call it and no one's going to answer and you're going to like leave a voicemail, but whatever that system is. You know, most people who have cell phones are not doing caller ID blocking. Right. So that's a phone number that's going to go in their system. And maybe, like, they call and they don't answer, and then they text you back. Because I've seen that before. Sure. Where, like, you call somebody and they don't answer, and then, like, 10 minutes later you get a text like, oh, I got your message. Da, 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 da. And then they go into the whole Nigerian shipping setup where it's like, oh, uh, so here's the deal. I'm uh, I'm out to sea. I'm in the na- – especially in San Diego, you right. know. Oh, I'm in the Navy and I just got shipped out, but I want to sell this guitar, so it's with send a money order. It's it's with my sister in uh in uh you know, some impossibly far away city like Kansas Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. And uh and I'm out to sea, but if you you know, wire me $1000, she'll ship ship you the guitar or whatever. And uh they just go into these there's you know, there's variations, there's but it's all about getting Either phone numbers or email addresses, typically. Totally. To put into a system. Yeah. It might not even be like a... Or to get some sucker to send you their money. Yeah. 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 It might not even be that sort of scam to get you to send a check. It might just be a thing like they're trying to do, get numbers for marketing to people. And some guy's like, oh, I know how to get like a ton of guitarist numbers. I'll just put this guitar ad out there. That is a great which is, idea. Which is a thing that, that kind of... a great idea. It seems like it's not the, the kind of thing that makes me sick a little bit to think that... Because this ad wasn't put together by someone who knows nothing about guitars. Right. It's put together by someone who knows something about guitars. It makes me sad to think that there's a fellow guitarist out there, you know, actively trying to scam well, people. Well, don't you think this might just be somebody who was like has a list of you know models and just is slapping oh gibson birdland and ebay oh here's one with a bunch of pictures that i can throw on craigslist i don't know it seems so oddly specific to something that people would actually get excited about right well if i remember this guitar was listed in like at least 
uh, two or three other e- uh, Craigslist markets too. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. Like somebody, well, one of our other listeners, like in Northern California, I, I feel like posted this. Yeah, I think so. So it's this ad is being propagated all over Craigslist, all different cities. Uh, they're probably scamming people right now with it, which is sad. I'm I'm guessing it's probably more of a phishing scam to try to get somebody to send them the money. Yeah, like probably. get some sucker who's just so stoked on getting this guitar for a thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh, oh! I I'll send the money right now. Just make, don't sell it to anyone else. I'll send I it had, right now. I had one of those when I was car shopping. Uh huh. On Craigslist, and it was like some car. I don't even remember what it was. It was for like a killer price, and it looked great. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. So I called them, and or I emailed them, I think, and they're like, oh yeah, well we're out of the. I'm out of the. I'm in Arizona or something uh, like that, and my sister will meet you and just send the money kind of thing like that. And I was like, oh, I see why that was such a good price. Yeah. So I think they're just trying to get some sucker to send the money. Totally, totally. I remember actually, it was, I don't know, when I was, back when I was on the Gear Talk on on the internet, uh-huh. somebody scammed, I think it was, might have been P-dubs, or maybe it was regular Gear Talk. Somebody scammed a bunch of people. Like, they put a guitar up. Or, no, I guess it was on the classifieds. Uh-huh. They put a guitar up on the classifieds, some nice strat, and put it for a ridiculously good price. And the guy took money from, like, five different people. Whoa. And some of them did it PayPal gift, so they weren't, didn't have buyer protection. Yeah, totally. And the dude, like, had a fake pay- Facebook profile and made, like, got involved in gear talk for a little while and then threw it up on the classifieds. And scammed a bunch of people out of money, and I th- I'm pretty sure the people that didn't do the buyer protection through, pay not PayPal gift, they got screwed out of their that money. That money's gone. Yeah, or I think it was like two strats for yeah. you know six hundred bucks or something like that. Right. Never you know? sent you know especially for local stuff on Craigslist. Never send anyone money. It's cash only. Oh yeah. In person and on the gear forums too. When you have those open classifieds, yeah. unless you have like a friend of that friend in real life. Yeah. Like, don't do anything other than regular PayPal. It's, it's fine if, like, you want to do, like, a deal with someone through, like, a, a Facebook group forum. It's fine to ask around and make sure other people say that guy's legit, you know? Yeah. Make sure that, you know, I actually, he's bought and sold with other people. I actually just saw a deal go down with, uh, this was on uh, a forum I go on. Um, if I remember the details correctly, Andrew Thomas, one of our listeners, uh, was in on this, where somebody bought a Gibson Sonex, and they lived in like Australia, uh-huh. and this I think they bought it off of Reverb, and the seller didn't want to do international, right? So he set up like a third party, or actually I think he just sent the money like via PayPal to Andrew, and then Andrew bought this guitar and had it shipped to him in Georgia, and then he shipped it from Georgia to. Uh, the to Australia something crazy like that because this huh. the seller was like uh, uh, domestic shipping only so in order to do it like this guy who lives in Australia had to go through one of us but it's like it's kind of like what you're saying like we're not on the forum we're not like people we don't know each other in real life necessarily but most of the guys on this forum have been on there for like over a decade like if you're gonna scam someone you're not gonna wait a decade yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, if you have that's some a long, rapport over it. That's a long game. I had a friend um, who lives in Phoenix. No, where is he? Is he in Reno or Phoenix? I can't remember. 
a dude I knew. Sounds like a real friend. Just, Same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Internet Reno, friend. Phoenix, whatever. We met on the internet. Whatever, it's not oh, San so Diego. You, Who cares? Oh, so you met some guy on the internet? So I met a dude on the <laughs> internet on a forum, right? Hi, had, you know, had similar interests to you, you know. Hey, hey Jake from State Farm. Actually, my mom, my, who was in here the other day? Oh, Terry. A Terry from Push Pull Pedals. He makes like Sand B and uh-huh. he's on tour with Blue Man Group. Oh, cool. So Blue oh, Man right. was in town and I went and picked a couple of the dudes up from Blue Man and we like went over to Taylor Guitars. Were they in makeup? No. Oh. But they were in makeup that night when we went and saw Blue Man. And well, that's when they're supposed to be in makeup. Have you ever seen Blue Man Group? Only in videos. Dude, it's freaking hilarious. I believe it. I only, laughed Only so on much. Arrested Development. I laughed so much my face hurt when I left. Anyway. Yeah. So Terry came over here with, with his buddy Tony and... Um, they were hanging out in the shop and my mom stopped by and uh, my mom was like, Oh, how do you know each other? And I was like, Oh, we met on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom's like, isn't that dangerous? (laughs) And I'm thinking like, it's probably dangerous for Terry. Yeah. You know, but Hey, it's you've got a freaking civil war sword in here. (laughs) I know sword. (laughs) He's got, he's got a thing of blue paint. You've got a sword. Yeah, exactly. He's got a bunch of PVC that he hits stuff. So the dude, (laughs) the dude, um, the friend, the dude I met on the internet, um, you know, yeah, the dude I met on is the internet. Is he cute? Super hot. <laughs> um, it was like on like guitaristmingle.com. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, um, I'm sure that's the actual website. Don't go to it. Um, he was, we had a mutual, like we were, had been acquainted on a particular forum for a while. Sure. And a lot of mutual friends. And he found a, a matchless head that he really liked in San Diego on Craigslist. So I picked it up from the dude on Craigslist and shipped it to him. Oh, okay. Now, granted, it took me like a week and a half to ship it to him. Yeah. But still, you know, he got it. And so that's a good way to do it. Like, if you have somebody sure. that you know in the area that you can trust, like, if you really find a piece of gear that you dig. And a lot of friends would be willing. You know, I mean, if a friend was hitting me up and they're like, hey, can you go check this piece of gear out? I'd be like, yeah, absolutely, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of, you know, even even friends that you met on the internet, you, you develop some good relationships with people on forums. And sure. That's a good way to do it. Or make sure you double check. Go on Facebook. You can go check the friends list of the person that you're working a deal with and see who you have mutual friends with. Yeah. And then go ask them, like, hey, do you really know this guy? Is he legit? Do some background checking. Do a little background check. A little super sleuthing. Exactly. Snooping around. Some sh- some snooping. Yeah. And that's a good way to not get screwed over. But ultimately, if you're doing PayPal transactions, do regular PayPal, not yeah. PayPal gift. It'll charge a fee to the seller, but you'll have buyer protection. Excuse me. And um, if a seller is like, oh, do gift so it doesn't do a fee, that's a red flag. Yeah. If you if you get screwed, you can get your money back from PayPal instantly. Yeah. Like you, all you have to do is file a claim and it holds that person's money. Yeah. So, and people try, and actually that's, you know, I shouldn't even, I almost am hesitant to say that because people try to screw other people over like that too. Sure. But at least you can fight that if somebody does that to you. If you're being honest and you've done the right thing, then you can fight it and win. Yeah. And PayPal's really good about resolving claims. Yeah, so totally. I work through PayPal all the time just for my work. Yeah. And I've never had a, a big problem. You know, I don't like the fees, but you know, that's a necessary evil too. Yep doing business yeah for the convenience you pay for it yeah so anyway. all right what's the next ad uh we've got this big uh wall of dan electro mini pedals here uh i found this ad earlier this week and thought it was cute super cute um let's see if i can read what kind of phone's giving me this stupid bar okay uh 
guitar effect pedals. The 10 Dan Electro pedals mounted on a pedal board, $150. Uh, where's the description? Guitar effect foot pedals, 10. Dan Electro pedals mounted on a pedal board. Okay, this <laughs> little redundant. They aren't the uber cheapos. It's the ones with all the food names. Here's the list. Which is kind of a funny thing to say because at the time that they made this, these were the uber cheapos. Well, they didn't have any other Dan Electro pedals. Sure. So these were the only line. But it's got the Surf and Turf compressor, Pastami overdrive, T-bone distortion, grilled cheese distortion, pepperoni phaser, hash browns flanger, milkshake chorus, tuna melt tremolo, BLT slap echo, and corned beef reverb. Uh, for 150 bucks, this could be like a solid deal. Unplug that thing, man. Is it buzzing? It's buzzing bad. Dude, I plugged it into a completely different outlet. No, it's super How buzzing. am I supposed to Facebook and podcast at the same time? Tyek just plugged in his phone. I don't <sighs> know if you can hear it or if the noise. Can I you hear the buzz? I can see it. it on the thing. Can you hear the buzz? I can see it on the waveform. Hey, I'm doing this for you guys. I'm, I'm on the 60 Cycle Hum group right now. Fine, I'll unplug it. <laughs> this is loud, man. I just watched the wave. You can wait half disappear. an hour. Phone's going to die. Oh. Yeah, if you drop it, it it's going to die. Okay, so what do you guys think about this? A bunch of pedals, 150 bucks. That's 15 bucks a pedal for these things. So I thought this was a really good deal at first, but then I realized there were no knobs. Yeah, well, there's not. It's I not that, that there's was no custom, knobs. Dude. There's, let, three, <laughs> there's like three knobs. Let me let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six knobs out of ten pedals. That's so great, dude. You've almost got a knob per pedal. <laughs> almost. Uh, uh, these pedals have the little plastic chrome knobs that easily pull out and easily break if you step on them. And in later versions of them, they've included like a plastic cover that. It's this giant, like, clear plastic thing that goes over the whole pedal to keep you from breaking the knobs. Right. And you have to reach down into a hole to turn them. Uh, without the knobs, you're going to have trouble selling the one, the pedals here that you don't like. Because there's going to be a couple pedals here that you do like. Some of the Dan Electro Mini pedals are, are pretty good. Yeah, the, uh, the Pastrami Overdrive is supposed to be decent. The Tremolo is um, like classic. People love the Tremolo. Yeah, the Tremolo was actually a, a Guitar Player Magazine award winner back in the day. Yeah. And before they went super boutique, like the the Tuna Melt Trem was on Switchfoot's board for a long time. And I'm yeah. sure it was on like a lot of other It's a really solid well, Tremolo. Uh, you know, there's random stuff in here that could just fill out your board. You know, compressor, chorus, Flanger, slap echo. The slap echo is supposed to be pretty good, but this it's not on an actual pedal board. It's mounted to like the display board that would be hanging on, hanging up on the wall in a guitar right. store. And so this guy bought this from a guitar store or something, and it was just like, oh, I'm going to take this home and use it. He probably kicked it around his apartment for literally for a decade. Just why it's missing knobs? Lost all the knobs, or the knobs were all gone because it was in Guitar Center. Yeah, exactly. And people were just snaking them to put on their pedals that they lost. If you could buy those knobs for like fifty cents a piece, or less, or less, I would probably have jumped on this and kept the ones that I wanted. Somebody's got to have these knobs. I searched all over. I couldn't find a source for them. You know, all you really need to do is is uh, buy a bunch of like mini Phillips uh, head bits. That's uh-huh. basically what these are, and just put a like get a bunch of tiny drill bits. Or yeah, but then good, bits. G- good luck selling 
you know, oh, these yeah. pedals with drill bits stuck in them. Um, there's pro- there's probably workarounds that you could do, but it's like this is a lot of pedals to build, buy Just all get at a once. 3D printing yeah. machine. A lot of those. Yeah, yeah. 3D printing machine would be a great yeah. deal to sell some damn yeah, just, pedals. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a hundred fifty dollar board. Drop about three grand on a 3D printer. Make and the, you could sell it for like two hundred bucks. Yeah, you could get an extra fifty bucks in there. Exactly. Yeah, and you got a free 3D printer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's oh, math, that, kids. A lot of their distortions and overdrives are completely unusable. So like I, crazy I just, weird. I used to have a uh, grilled cheese back in the day, and I was told that that was based off of like some fox. Uh, like a, and you know what? I, I was actually originally told it was based off the fox tone machine. I think, uh-huh. which is also what my fox hunt fuzz is based off of. Right. Um. And I maybe I just haven't messed around with the Fox Hunt enough, but the thing I remember about the grilled cheese is it was basically a unified gain level, like it was one level of gain. Uh huh. And then the knob was basically like, how loud do you want that gain? And the other knob was like, at what frequency <laughs> do you want that gain? So the it wasn't even like a tone knob per se. It was more like uh, the uh, like a wah, like a notch. It was a notch filter. It was a really weird, unique pedal that was really good at feeding back, uh, getting like these nasty feedback sounds. But it was just like, I mean, it's got to be either a noisemaker. It's a noisemaker. Yeah, it's just those pedals. Those are just pedals I would never buy. You would never buy those. I just I can't like part of the thing I look for in any gear is something that's going to be really consistent that I never have to mess with. You know what I mean? That's kind of like sure. the cable debate we had. Right. Not debate, but chat we had months ago. It's like. It's not necessarily like how expensive and how boutique is this cable. It's like, do I ever have to worry about this cable? Is this okay. the beefiest cable in the world that I never have to think about? What if you rehouse the Dan Electro Mini? Yeah, what if you bought like, what if you bought a twenty dollar pedal and then you put it into a forty dollar pedal case that, and then you had paid someone to do custom art on it? Then would for you how want much? Uh I'll do your custom art for twenty dollars. <laughs> you, you, you'd never do that twenty dollars for anybody else. Uh, no, it's just you'd be like oh, hundred fifty. That's your that's that's our special friend rate. Okay, special oh friend my rate. Gosh. <laughs> so so the thing with these, I panel- just I don't know I, if it's like it's kind of like on principle. It's like I want this product to be awesome all the way around. Like I want whoever sure. to make this that's making this product to like really care. I just there's something that feels like you don't think if they're really going to put cares. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if they're putting out something that's really that crappy, like they probably don't actually care about it, and then I just don't trust it. Right. right. The, you know? These pedals are they're unique. They're one. All this entire pedal line was just all, all one trick ponies. If you really liked that trick, like they were perfect. I had the delay, the the peanut butter and jelly delay for a long time, and I still think that's one of the best delay pedals I've ever used. Um. But it's it's a very simple delay, and if if you don't if you want more options, then then uh, you know uh, repeat, mix, and and whatever else. Right. Like, so it's basically like a timeline. Does it have <laughs> Does it have like it's tap tempo, called, and can I connect it to a MIDI? No. <sighs> then why even bother? Does that preset? It's basically like a carbon copy without the mod <laughs> the mod button and the durability. What does what does the digital display screen on it look like? Um, well, it's very clean because it doesn't exist. <laughs> oh man! You know what's funny is I bought back in the day. This is in the late nineties. Uh huh. 
I bought one of the Dan Electro, the big box metal enclosure ones. Yeah, yeah. What was it? There, I remember the chorus was a cool cat. Yeah, you probably got the overdrive. It was like the overdrive, yeah. the, the fuzz. The daddy-o. The daddy-o. I, yeah. had I the, bought the display from the old... Remember when Guitar Center was over on over near college? Uh-huh. Um, before they moved out to Grossmont. I bought the display when they discontinued that line, and I think I got it for like 75 bucks. Nice. And it was wow. like three or four pedals. Like whatever many pedals were in that line. Yeah. And then I ended up hating all the pedals and I sold them. <laughs> but I sold them individually yeah. and made a profit. There was a lot of people who loved the, that overdrive pedal. Like it was their main jam for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And I, those were actually really nice enclosures. They were really yeah. beefy and nice. And then Dan Lecter was like, hey, let's take a crap on the guitarist industry. And then they made these little horrible boxes that broke down. I had the... Uh, you guys like. the fab. <laughs> I had the fab tone from that line for a while. And actually, I think I sold that to Isaac Vining. Oh, did you? One of our listeners. Nice. Uh, a, f- a few years ago, but it's like the... Well, it's like, Isaac, Daniel thinks that your pedal sucks. No, this is the no, big the big one. box one, dude. Oh, the metal okay. one. This is the big one. The I think Isaac Vining has the best pedal from Dan Electro uh, that Steve that ever sold like a, That thing's like a <laughs> Mogwai Smashing Pumpkins. Like, that's basically... It's that big, right. super fuzz tone. And But again, it's not good for anything else. No, no. S- Steve, I have a question for you. Okay. Are you ready to get geared up? Let's get geared up. <laughs> what in the world? What is- it sounds like you're ready to get geared up. What? Steve sounds are, pumped, dude. Are you was- doing another ad? Yeah, let's move on to the next ad. You want to talk about this VicTube oh, Tamer. All right, yeah. Who sent that to us? Uh, Luke Mundy. Luke Mundy sent us the VicTube Tamer. It is housed inside of a GT300 Shelby Mustang. Not a full-size one, a little toy. That's a 500, dude. Not only can you not oh, read, okay. you can't count. I was looking at it through my microphone screen. I would oh, totally okay. look at that ad, but Ryan won't let me charge my phone. Here, here. <laughs> bastard. Look at my phone. So, yeah, this oh, is I a, saw that one already. So at first I was I mean, like, what great. is this? Because so, <laughs> somebody commented like, oh, the whole purpose of this is that it's small, so you can like mount it in your thing, and now that it's in a car... It's not small, so you can't mount anything. No, the whole purpose of this is you're stupid for buying it. <laughs> Steve has Ooh. an opinion. <laughs> so, Steve, did you you wanted to get one of those? Is that what you're saying? Uh, so, the Vic Tube Tamer. Um, no, it's got. It actually has like I think a tone knob, so it's a little different. It might not. It might only be a. So this is like this is like an attenuator, right? It's nothing like an attenuator, Ryan. What? What is what? it? Um, so this it's for taming your tubes, bro. So this is my tubes are wild. I don't want that. Oh god, <laughs> wild horses <laughs> couldn't tame my tubes. Um, so <laughs> it's oh, actually no. funny. It's actually funny to me that they call it a tube tamer because it doesn't tame anything. It's More not- like a tube tire. So oh, no. so a few years ago, like years and years ago, these things started popping up on eBay that were uh, basically they called them like they would call them tube tamers, they call them tube whatever, um, but they would they were always really careful not to use the word attenuator because an attenuator right. is a very specific thing. Basically, all these are are like 250k or 500k pot potentiometers in a box with two jacks hooked up to it. And you put it in your effects loop to add a master volume to your non-master volume amps. Okay. So this is perfect in uh, an amp like the Fender Hot Rod Deluxe, where everything. Except for it's not even a master volume; it's just a volume pedal. It's a volume pedal in your effects loop. 
Like that's all a master that's volume is. It's a volume. Stupid. It's a volume knob at the end of your line. I don't even like Mustangs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a GT500. Uh, Tyak wishes it was a Camaro. Was <laughs> <laughs> Chevy good? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do we need? I saw you have a the Dodge Durango out there. What is this? A car podcast? Um, <laughs> so anyway, this this is one of those things I've just. I, I see these pop up every once in a while, and people don't understand the difference between putting a volume knob, a volume pedal in your effects loop versus what an attenuator is. Right. And they actually say this on the Vic website. Like, they do specify this, that this is designed to go in your effects loop. So all that you're taming is your preamp. You're not taming your power amp tube, but the whole idea of, like, taming something is to put it between your amp and your speaker so you can get like power amp tube saturation like that classic like 60s over or like 50s overdrive like right because yeah. you're pushing your amp hard yeah if you're putting a if you're putting a volume in in your preamp or after your preamp in your effects loop all you're doing is you're limiting the out you're limiting your preamp output into the power amp right. section. Right. Right. And if all you're doing is overdriving your preamp, just buy a tube screamer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's a, so, it's so, maybe a little different, but that's the same ballpark. So so the difference is that like a legit attenuator, the reason that they're not cheap is that they're huge. Like they're yeah. these massive resistors. It's that to are, take a load coming out of the speaker output exactly. and replace the load of your speaker. Exactly. Like yeah. these are these are massive loads. These are the kind of loads that if you plug them into something that they're not designed to go into, it will blow that thing up, and then your amp will die. Right. Uh, which is why, like, the whole thing with attenuators is if you blow, uh, like, if you have an improperly loaded attenuator and it blows up, your amp's going to blow up with it. If you have this stupid volume thing and it blows up, no one cares. Your amp just, like, isn't going to pass sound. But it, it's dumb. Yeah. You, and you're stupid if you is own there, one. Is there any practical use for one of these you know maybe there i'm sure there's practical use like if you want to get like a preamp drive uh-huh um but then you want like a little extra fine control by putting a volume knob in your effects loop but but again like i almost feel like if i'm if i wanted to do that i would just buy a volume pedal and run into my effects yeah loop. totally or it sounds like you could just buy a a uh like a four dollar pot yeah. And the, mount it in whatever you want. As far as I've ever been able to tell, and correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone wants to write Vic and have them send us a schematic, I will be more than happy to be corrected. Vic, call our phone number, 619-363-HUM. Hum. Um, but as far as... And that's hum with two M's, everybody. Yeah. But as far as I know, this is just a volume pot in the... In, in a, a Camaro or a Mustang. In a Mustang. If it was in a Cub, if it was in a Camaro, I mean, maybe, maybe. But uh, if it's in a Mustang, that's, the whole thing just sounds stupid. Yeah. What would be the coolest thing, like coolest toy to have something mounted in, and you leave it on top of your guitar amp? Uh, you know, uh, the tick. The tick. You <laughs> action you, figure. You'd get one of these mounted in the tick with a knob on his chest. Would <laughs> 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 be rad. I think it'd be kind of creepy to get like. You know, like a Victorian doll where, like, the eye is, like, half-blinking. Oh, replace one of the eyes with a potentiometer. Yeah, and it's, like, it's all, like, creepy-looking and missing its clothes and its head is on sideways. I'd put one of those on my I head. would just never do that. Oh. I, uh, I was... I heard... <laughs> Thanks some, for killing my dreams. <laughs> I was reading something the other day about a guy... you've ever had, Ryan. A guy that actually builds attenuators and installs, like, light bulbs in them. Uh-huh. So when you know you hit a big chord, the light bulb like 
gets super bright. Nice. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Can the light bulb be on the outside of the amp? Yeah, no. It's. I mean, I'm, presumably, if you got a cable, why not? Hey, I'm down for that. I like yeah. that. There yeah. you go. See, screw the Mustangs. So, I think we should be done with ads. We're, uh, we're running long on time. Uh, we have a question for you, Daniel Tyak, from listener Jimmy Jr. Jimmy Jr. Jimmy Jr. I forwarded it to you, right? Oh, you did. Is your is your phone dead? Uh, not quite. Okay, you've Why don't got you read it to me. You've dude. got enough juice to to talk to Jimmy Jr. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jimmy Jr. for anything for Jimmy Jr. <laughs> dude, are you gonna read me this question? Or am yeah, I gonna? I'm read gonna it? hand you the phone and you I got read it. it. I got okay, it. Here. You read okay, it. so this question's for Tyak. With this constant. Oh, I can't read. This is why you're doing this. With the constant finicky nature of the gear world, do you feel the pressure to expand and improve the salvage product line? For example, I know you built pe- guitar pedals and speaker caps in the past. By the way, I need an extension cap to match my lost at C case. Oh, that's what LAS is. Yes. Did you, ah. you got to pay attention to this business. Um, I know you struggle as a small builder to keep up with the emails, building, shipping, internet, advertising, har- harvesting unicorn horn, being awesome, etc. So what's the simple etiquette we can follow as customers to use when dealing with businesses like Salvage Custom? When, when it's okay to follow up or ask questions without being a pain or making your life harder? From Jimmy. So that's a good question for a lot because there's a ton of um, boutique builders out there. And a lot of us are the creative types that are just doing something because they love it, and then it gets popular, uh-huh. and then we can't handle it. So, like, <laughs> me, for instance, I kind of suck at running a business. Like, I'm really bad at that. Sure. We've I'm, heard on the internet. Oh, yeah, dude. Just check this. out the internet, and you can you could read on my own internets that I post about how much I suck as a business owner. But I'm excellent at building stuff and, like, coming up with things to do. But when it comes to actually, like, running a business, like, that's that's a, that's a stress for me. Like, I'm not that analytical. All that paperwork. Manager it. guy. Yeah. So, um, I, I think the, uh, well, the first part of the question, like, keeping up with the gear world in terms of doing new stuff. Um, I have a ton of new designs in my head for things that I want to do. But for me, it's a, it's a matter of just keeping up with the custom orders and the build list. Right. Um, like right here. Oh, grab. He's walking across the room. He's grabbing a, uh, a clipboard. A clipboard off the wall. Wow. So like, did you see that? Yeah. So this is like a, a pretty fat stack of orders. So every one of these is a custom order that we have. Wow. And I probably have about four custom orders that I haven't added to this yet. So it looks like from here it looks like you've got about ten orders there. Well, let's see, one, two, three, four. Dude, whatever. You're listening to six, counting with counting Kyle seven, eight. Is this a counting podcast? Nine papers. Nine, uh, uh, ten, uh, eleven, uh, twelve. Whatever. There's probably like twenty. What if there's a podcast with here? a guy who just counts stuff for like thirty minutes? <laughs> that would be great, Steve. I think you should do that. Yeah, start that up. So there's like twenty something orders here. There's a few more that I haven't added to the actual physical bill list yet. They're still on the, online. Uh huh. All the stuff on the board, and then there's like four in that stack there. So there's quite a few orders. So my life is generally consumed with just filling custom orders. 
Right. And I haven't come to a point where I can't sell stuff. Anytime I put it up online, it sells usually anywhere from 10 minutes to maybe a week. You know what right. I mean? Like it always sells. I've never had a problem selling it. I don't actively sell stuff. Orders just come in. People fill out the forms. I can't even keep up with those. And so I've never done any traditional advertising or anything. I've never done any Google ads. I've never uh-huh. done any print ads. never done any email marketing, anything like that. So I just let ads, I let orders come in. Sure. And I try to fill them and I generally can't keep up. Um, and right now it's just been me for a couple months. I lost Matt who was our, my main guy uh-huh. um, for a long time, almost since the beginning. He was just going a little bit crazy building the same thing every day. Cause he's a super creative dude. And anyway, um, it's just been me like hustling the stuff out and I can build by myself. I can build about four to five rigs a week. Gotcha. So I generally push out a couple, a few custom orders and then maybe a stock item or maybe two stock items or depending on what it is, if it's, you know, what, which model it is. Some are faster to build, some are slower. Um, like this week for stock, I put out one regular board and two of the flat boards. The flat boards are a bunch, a lot quicker and, with this kind of work, it's tricky to pick somebody up new and train them how to do all the stuff because it's all this cute custom stuff. And yeah. It's not like just n- nail this to that. You know? Totally, <laughs> it's totally. like a bunch of... It's not pull this lever and this thing happens. Exactly. It's all hand-built stuff, so it's hard to find somebody that I can train or that, I, that I'm going to trust to train. And I'm, I'm working with one guy right now teaching him a few of the elements, and he's doing pretty good and um, trying to trying to get him to learn how to do a few things so when it comes to the small business owners like little guitar builders and gear builders and things amp builders pedal builders a lot of the smaller businesses are just people that really like building stuff and they haven't been able to get all their business stuff together and it's really hard for them because answering emails and messages it takes up a ton of your day it does you can e- i could easily sit down and answer emails for a day yeah because as soon as i answer a bunch of emails i get a bunch of emails back it's like <laughs> it's like this multiplying factor like i answer one email and i get two emails back you right. know what i mean so i almost have to like force myself to not do it and then sit down and do it knowing i'm going to get a bunch of emails back like i'm going to just take half this day and do emails right and it's it's definitely a tricky thing because we get a ton of messages. I get messages via email. I get them via text. I get them via Facebook Messenger. I get them via Facebook page Messenger. I get them on questions on our Facebook page. I get questions on our Instagram. I get questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like everyone it's, wants a piece. It's retarded how many <laughs> questions. And so then we get guys like Jimmy who are awesome and want to sell a cab. And like Jimmy right now, like what he's asking, he wants an uh, extension cab. To match his Lost at Sea rig, which is the lacquered canvas, like the blue and white stripe. Yeah, those okay. are real See, sharp. I didn't even know what Lost, like, I didn't know if that was another. Those are real I mean, pretty. Those are, I don't think I have a blue and white stripe. I thought I saw one earlier. Maybe you don't. sitting in here. So that's like a, that's something that you built. Uh, the blue, the Lost at Sea was a limited series because I found all this old oh, okay. salvaged wood from a bait barge. Oh, right. And um, I vaguely remember this. It was like this green patina, like wood that was in the ocean okay. for a long time. And we kind of had this, like, Sailory vibe to it, and Jimmy bought one of those boards. So now he wants a 112 speaker cap. So here's my dilemma I haven't sat down and actually calculated all the pricing out uh-huh. to do a 112 cab. So I don't actually know how much a 112 cab costs. So I have to go sit down, 
calculate all the stuff out, figure out exactly how many square inches of plywood, exactly how many square inches of material, exactly how long it takes me to wrap it, exactly how much lacquer I'm going to use, how many screws I'm going to use, how much glue I'm going to use, how much laser cutting I'm going to have done at the laser place, and, and figure out the price of that, and then do an appropriate markup that's going to cover my labor and my business expenses and things like that. Well, you've uh-huh. already got a Celestium Blue here, so I don't know what's that's holding you back. That's for another cab. That's a pretty sweet cab. Did you guys see that cab? I'm going to pull that cab out right as yeah, soon we'll, as I'm done talking. We'll look at it later. We'll look at it live on the podcast. <laughs> um, so it's it's a tricky thing. It's like if I want to do something new, then i got to go figure out all the pricing and stuff for it. And I've made the mistake before of underpricing my stuff and uh-huh. then getting in trouble because I sold too many. And then I wasn't actually making any money. I was just kind of breaking even. And that sucks. Yeah, totally. Because you're working for hours and hours and hours and hours and not actually making any money because it's all hand-built stuff. You know, it's right, like, right. It's not easy to make money on that, so right. it's a tricky thing. And honestly, like, I don't think anybody should use me for an example of like what should happen because I suck it. <laughs> I get so many emails of people like, "Take my money, I want to buy something," and I'm like, "I'm going to get back to that." And then like a month later, I haven't gotten back to it yet, right? And because I'm like, part of it is I just haven't had time to answer that email and part of it is like i just can't even handle that order anyway so (laughs) so i guess that kind of goes into his second question like what's the best way to to communicate like is i mean i I know you know everybody's different i say i say just giving like builders that are crappy at running businesses like me like a little bit of a little bit of space but also like reminders are fine like you could say like hey did you give me a price on that yet you know something like just hitting them up every every week or so is good like squeaky wheel gets the oil but being like really pushy about it i've noticed a lot of people like uh, right. a very a very prominent amp builder in the boutique world who's a friend of mine uh-huh he's we're almost exactly the same where if somebody's putting the pressure on him like giving him grief about his order he'll like intentionally hold an order up oh man because he's like screw this guy (laughs) (laughs) small builders will do that like totally if you're putting the pressure on and being an ass about it like small builders will be they'll just kind of be like dude i'm not even gonna deal with you like i don't even care it's funny too because i've seen people like take to the internets where they're like Oh, my pedal. I've been emailing this company and like they haven't sent me a shipping notification yet. And you're like, well, when's your pedal supposed to ship? Well, it's supposed to ship in like three days, but I just want to make sure it's on schedule. It's like, dude, it's not even late yet. And you're already <laughs> yeah. like taking to the internets. So in, for instance, like shipping stuff for me, like you guys see a bunch of shipping boxes. Those aren't all full. Those are waiting for orders like these orders here that you're sit- seeing sitting around. Uh-huh. We just pre-built the boxes for them. Um, well, at least you got something done around here. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's like I'll ship probably about once a week because I got to sit down and I got to get the. Yeah, it's right. Not like I, I mean, you see the shipping shop here. sucks. It you, does suck. It's not like I have a dedicated shipping space. It's like no. I got to clean some stuff off, get the scale out, weigh the stuff, measure the stuff. Write it all down. Go find their address. Go double check if they changed their address in the time their order took. You know, in the, it's a couple a couple months or something like that. Double check, make sure everything's okay, then go print their label out, and then take it over to the FedEx store or have them pick it up or something like that. Uh-huh. And it's it's quite a long process. Like, it'll easily take me, you know, half a day to, to get all the shipping done for the orders from that week or whatever it is, or the, the orders that sold that weekend, and then the custom orders that I finished that week. And 
it's like it's not this instant. A lot of people expect this Amazon Prime thing happening. Right. I know, right? Two days and, later. Yeah, exactly. They expect it two days later, and it's like, dude, I just spent all this time like hand building this thing, and I can't, I can't just like drop everything going on. Yeah. Wait, you mean when I send when I send thing. an email saying like, hey, I need this like ultra custom, super rare, whatever, whatever, like my order doesn't go to the top of the queue. Exactly. If you ask, here's here's a good policy with salvage. If you ask for a discount, it's instantly like fifteen percent more, <laughs> right? Right. And if you put pressure on to like get it faster, it's going to be slower, right? And that's partly just because I'm an asshole. <laughs> so well, also, it, I takes, mean, you, that's it a, takes you time to read that email. It does, and the more, and that's the funny thing too. It's like people are like. Dude, you get my order. You go, oh, get my order. Get my order. Get my order. And every single time I have to sit down and answer that guy's email is minutes away from me actually building. That yeah, order. totally. <laughs> like, you could have been stretching canvas or like you know doing a joint or something like exactly. that. Exactly. I know, right? And then just the time it takes to even like shift gears mentally from getting really focused on building something to like, okay, I got to shift gears and like answering email mode and like change my brain around and go sit down and answer emails like. It's completely different areas of the brain sure. doing that stuff, you know. Yeah, and it's a it's a very conscious shift, and I'm sure it's that way with a lot of builders too. Yeah. So it's not like this instant everything can happen all the time. If I want to be effective at building stuff, I have to get in the zone and build stuff. If I want to be effective at answering emails, I have to not think about building anything and get effective at answering emails. So it's this with small builders and boutique builders, like don't put a lot of pressure on them. Like you're getting something special. And you're getting something that's handmade with love. It's not mass produced, and it's going to be a cool, special item. It's like you can't expect it to be this insta mass produced. Like I don't have staff sitting around answering customers' emails. Right, I'm, right. I'm not got staff sitting around doing insta fulfillment and flying it to your house with a drone. So <laughs> sealing it with a kiss. Okay, I seal all of them with a kiss. It kind of sounds like if you are working with a small builder and you write them about something. And the guy who you know is like the owner of the company is the one who writes you back and he signs his name. That's probably a good sign that you need to give him a little space. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and not- if you're cool with them and if you're like, hey, man, like, you know, I don't want to, I'd love to get that quick. But, you know, I, I know I understand that you're, you know, doing your thing. So, you know, just put some love into it. Right, right. That guy's probably going to build yours faster. Totally. Like, and that's not just me. That's, that's like a lot of builders. Yeah. If you're putting some pressure on and like thinking if... I'm going to just ask for the manager and get to the top of the food channel of this phone <laughs> chart. And it's like, can I talk to the manager? And it's like, yeah, you're talking to the, you're yeah. talking to the owner already. Yeah. The owner, this is my personal cell phone. The owner and <laughs> the know? only employee. And the only employee of this. <laughs> so I think, I think just giving those guys some space, but at the same time, like expecting that something's going to happen and, and not it, people, people have that tendency to like instantly, you got to feel like you got to really like put the pressure on if something's not working right. And I've had people email before and they, it's been like really harsh. Like, dude, I don't know what's going on over there, but something's got to happen. And I'm like, Hey bro, it's just me doing my thing. I'm working as hard as I can. Like, give, right. me, give me a little space. Yeah. And we'll be cool. And they're like, and the email back and be like, okay, dude, that's cool, man. That's cool. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize, like, you know, they instantly think, like, it's a, some big phone tree and... Sure, sure. People don't realize, like, I mean, even, like, big companies, like, you know, like we were talking about Strymon earlier. I don't know. I think it was on this podcast or the last one or maybe that was in between. I don't remember. So the Strymon guys, like, 
even then it's like one person's doing the customer service. Uh-huh. And there's there's like the design team. It's not a huge company. Like you'd think it's this monstrous company that got sixty thousand likes on Facebook. And it's a couple people. It, it, it's more than a couple people, but it's not a big company. Right. Like right. there's there's I don't know, ten people or so. And some of them are solely dedicated to design, and some are dedicated to hardware stuff. How many some... people do they have that are in charge of the the upload to upload software to chip button? Upward software to chip button uploads um, upload the, the oh D- for the new firmware the upload the DSP <laughs> to the computer inside the box. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many people are in charge of that. Dude, uh, our podcast is going down just because... You guys don't even... You guys know, have no appreciation for the stream. Honestly, like... It's because it's outside we, of our price bracket. It, it's, it's <laughs> a little bit if it's outside. Honestly, it's... it's Ryan and I are both, like, afraid of the hype machine. And Strymon isn't a hype... Like, they're not generating their own hype. It's, and they actually try to not really generate yeah, the hype. It's, They're it's, always like, I don't even under, I don't even know. Yeah, we're just trying to make stuff. It's that we you know like. when the when yeah. the deco was announced, like when they started doing that unraveling thing, which was really cool, the way that they did their promo for the deco. Yeah. But oh my gosh, I thought the internet was going to freaking explode. Yeah. In yeah, anticipation for that thing. That's all Ethan, dude. Ethan's the Ethan's the marketing the genius. Nice. Well you remember last year when they released the big sky. Yeah. They didn't tell anybody anything was doing, and they just hosted a Strymon Social, their first Strymon Social they had up at the shop. Well, they don't let anybody in the offices. Like, if you go to the door of their offices for a repair or something like that, someone will meet you at the door and, like, take your pedal and close the door. On you. Oh, so wow. Like, Thanks for the repair. Closed. Because they got... That's why they keep things so locked down and secretive. Like, nothing gets, ever gets leaked before it gets released. Yeah. Because they're very closed. Like, yeah. it's not an open situation. They're very good at re- at releasing well-thought-out, kind of well-planned-out sort of stuff. They don't, they're not one of these companies that's like, oh, here's our pedal this week, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're very, they're very thought-out and it's meti- like meticulous about they it. They have, like, a pedal or two a year. So they hosted this event. They didn't tell anybody that the Big Sky was coming, and it's this, like, monstrous pedal. Uh-huh. And there was just a bunch of Big Skies, like, set up at little play- stations where you could play them. So people just showed up, like... Oh, it's cool. Here's a Strymon pedal board. Let's check it out. And then they're like, mm, there's a timeline and there's an L cap. And what, what is that? You know, like, Instagram, 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 Instagram. You know? right, it's right. like everybody just lost their mind and freaked out. And then the entire internet exploded. And it yeah. was brilliant. Like it was a brilliant release of a pedal, you know. So anyway, that's that's kind of sidetracked. So, I mean, even bigger companies, once it gets down to it, like there's really not a lot of people like, like working there. They're, yeah, they're just people... Right. Like in the boutique guitar world, it's not like in the boutique world. It's really small. Uh huh. Like even a big company, like like a bigger boutique company, like say JHS or Earthquaker or something. They're not huge. They're not big companies. They only have like ten people working there. Yeah. And that's not a lot of people for how many pedals they put out. That's a right. lot of people hustling it, and those owners are staying up late and answering emails and filling orders and dealing with stuff. And you think of you think of like a big manufacturing company like I don't know what's a widget or something that somebody makes. You know? I like think of like like Qualcomm or something like that. Yeah, you know? or yeah, you know what I mean. It's like they 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 have these huge operations with they have an entire staff of cubicles that are answering support calls and yeah. things. 
And those other those little boutique companies, I was like, maybe there's one person dedicated to answering emails and like managing Facebook stuff, but that's about it. Yeah, and that person you keeps know. quitting every three months. Exactly, because they're like, <laughs> I can't take all these asshole customers. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I, I think for dealing with small companies, like you got to understand where they're at. You know what I mean? Like even the bigger boutique companies it's still a boutique company it's it's a small operation there's not a lot of people there doing the thing and they're they're hustling like i work i generally wake up at four in the morning Uh uh-huh i get here at like five five thirty um you know time to make some coffee take a shower and i got a 25 minute drive from my house to get here and then i generally work till like six six thirty so it's easy 12 hour day with a lunch in there right pretty much every day and I, you know, and that's just to like barely keep up. Yeah. And that's, that's every day of the week. Sat, Sunday, I'm usually working, playing guitar at a church somewhere. Uh, usually, hopefully my home church. And then, and then oftentimes I'll play out. If I'm not booked at my home church, I'll play out somewhere else. And that's sure. literally a lot of that's just, just making money to support my family. Now, granted, it's something I love to do. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like a little extra money because owning a small business is not as glamorous as people think it's it's hard you know? <laughs> so i'm like i'm gonna go work yeah <laughs> i'm gonna take a second job and play some guitar <laughs> and um and then saturdays i luckily i've dedicated to like i call it dadder day nice so i always take i'm like i'm not gonna work on saturday i don't care what's on the fire and i'm gonna hang out with the kids and we're gonna go hiking or fishing or something totally. like that go Just kill something go kill something in the wilderness you know <laughs> like that's what we do so, and then I'll see the kids, I'll see the kids in the evenings, just dinner time and, and we'll rest a little bit and have some bedtime. You know what I mean? That's about it. Yeah. But it's, uh, and that's, and I'm not alone in that. Like most small boutique builders are very much the same. Yeah. Way. It's a sacrifice to get this sort of stuff started. You know, sometimes you grow a business to where you're not at, you know, those struggles anymore, but then there's new struggles and yeah, you know, it's, it's and even though it takes a long time to to really get things moving. Like yeah. even if you get a lot of buzz, sometimes you get a lot of buzz and, and stuff and it's, it's a blessing and a curse. It's like, awesome. I'm getting all this buzz. And then at the same time, you're like, I just got buried. Yeah. <laughs> you know, totally I right. get this to deal with. Like I'm not going to see the light of day for a year. Exactly. Well, I, I, and I remember that seeing that kind of crop up with you uh, uh, like a year or two ago where like, there was just a ton of hype around salvage and then maybe like a two or three months later there was a lot of people that are like oh this company is so back ordered and it's like yeah because there's like at the time i think you had maybe like three people yeah and it's like well yeah dude like you're getting something built from scratch yeah like by hand from a tree and there's like three (laughs) dudes doing it yeah like and freaking you and everyone you know, including your mom, ordered one of these. Ordered one, yep. Two months ago, so calm down. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, yeah, that, in the boutique world is a tricky thing. And then it's funny because, you know, we put our, all the boutique guys, you know, they, they people, all people see it's like, oh, you get to build stuff all day and you get to play with gear and stuff. And that's like some perks of the business. Yeah, sure. Like, you don't see like the 12 hours of sweating covered in sawdust. They see like the end results. They and, like, see where you like the perks, and then kids are like, "Well, I'm gonna start a pedalboard company too. <laughs> that looks awesome." You know what I'm thinking? 
All I think when I whenever I see like every week there's like a new company that's sure, copying sure. <laughs> like the same doing the same like all of a sudden they're doing the same vibe and it's like oh where'd you get that idea yeah um, and it's funny I laugh it's, in some senses it's pretty frustrating because it's it's like a personal art for me uh huh and I'm I'm building this stuff that I love and then it's like I see somebody ripping it off and I'm like and they've they've made one board for themselves and then they made. Yeah. One more for their friend, and, like, and they're like, "I, I, I think I'll make, I think I'll do business out of this." And they make three more, and then they're done. I understand that's inspiring, and the, it's like fun to do something themselves. And they start a business, and I think like you're gonna suffer just like I have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like get ready to suffer, and then you also have to compete with me. Yeah, like good luck with that. Well, and so and, you know that's kind of the interesting thing is occasionally I do see like people are like, "Oh, check out this brand or that brand," but it's like. All they've got is a Facebook page and like five photos, and I'm always thinking like, how much of a company do you really have here? Like, did you build one? Like you said, like a board for yourself, a board for your buddy, like maybe two or three of your friends, and you took pictures of one of them really well. So you've got five photos, and that's your company. Yeah, you got a Facebook. That's not a page. company. That's a that's a kid using his dad's table saw to build a hobby thing. Right, totally. It's a hobby. It's a hobby. Is what it is. Yeah. So absolutely. Anyway, it's a tricky thing, and uh, so anyway, just really go back to what Jimmy was was asking about. It's you know a little bit of a little bit of grace with with the small builders, understanding that it's usually not a big operation, even if it is appeared. Like we get we get confused. People get confused about salvage because they get on Facebook and they're like, oh, "I got thirty six thousand fans or whatever it is right now." Right and. I wish we had thirty six. It's like, oh, it's fans. a big it's a big company. I'm just gonna call their tech support. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, this is Daniel with tech support. <laughs> Not that I ever answer my phone, but you know, in theory, in theory, like if I was answering my phone, it's like, hey, I'm gonna call their uh their order hotline. And it's like, oh, this is Daniel on the order hotline. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm gonna call their uh billing department. Oh hey, this is Daniel with the billing department. Oh, well, I'm a, you know, and it's like yeah, it's, it's like you got a lot of Daniels over there. You got a lot of Daniels. It sounds exactly the same, and I can hear their beard scratching on the phone when they're talking to me. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh. laughs> well, like, you know, that's like a scale issue that people like. I think because we're so, as people, we have so much. Man, this is getting like borderline metaphysical. Uh, Whoa! We just have trouble with math. Man. So like thirty. Th- I have trouble thir- with math, dude. Right, every right, but, day. But thirty-six thousand sounds like a lot. But then you think about like Martin a few years ago built their one millionth guitar. Yeah. And that was like a super big deal. And they, they had one at Buffalo Bros. And it was like $100,000, I think. Yeah. Martin's and, been around forever. Martin's been around $100,000 pedal. Yeah. Martin's been around like Diamonds. 100 or like over 100 years. And a million is uh, like 30 times more. Than, What's the math on that? Then uh, they made a million guitars. You they said ma- a million guitars is thirty times more than the number of fans that you have. I think that's right. Yeah, thirty-six well, times. So 30. if every one of your fans math, dude, bought thirty pedal boards, well, Jimmy's well on his way, dude. Jimmy's Jimmy's <laughs> gone through a couple of them. <laughs> so Jimmy's probably going to hit by the time Jimmy cr- kicks a bucket. Jimmy Jr. will probably have bought 30 pedal boards. Jimmy is keeping your kids fed, man. He is. Jimmy's a good dude. He's buying braces. But it's yeah. like, but it's like you know, my kids aren't going to have braces, but if you, if I'm going to be like, you're going to have crooked teeth and live with it. Yeah. If you, but Jimmy, if, I appreciate that. I just buy beer and cheap cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I don't actually I'm just saying like if you bounce over to like pedal, I don't know what pedal train has, but I'm. it's probably like 
several times more what you have. Like in the in hun- terms of hundreds how many of they've made, hun- no, in terms of how many likes they have on Facebook. Oh, uh, they don't even have a Facebook right now. Oh, they close yeah. it. Down. They're too cool for that. Well, that's fun. Okay, so check it out. So good example, Pedal Train, big company. Everybody knows the name. It's just John and a couple people running, really? the, running the thing over yeah. there. See, I mean, I, they I had no idea. Their Facebook down because they couldn't handle all of the questions and right. all of the stuff they got. They're like, we can't deal with this, and they closed it down. Like I was talking to John, it was it was a couple months ago. I was like, dude, what, what happened to the Facebook? Like I was trying to tag you in something because John's a rad guy, the guy that runs Pedal Train. He's a super awesome dude. Uh huh. And I love I love his product. It's it's we're actually Pedal Train dealers. If anybody wants to buy a Pedal oh, Train, so um. And he's he's a, he's a good dude, and he's like just even pedal train like you expect it to be a big company. He's just a dude trying to make it too. Like it's a, it's it's a small company, and it's you know they they've got a mass produced model, but it's right. still a small company. Right. It's kind of like the like an aluminum siding business the way. Well, their stuff is put. I guess so. Yeah. It's, you know, but they're all they're, they're, there's a different there's a different model. Right. It's all built yeah, it's, overseas. It's all I mean? aluminum bars that are kind of welded together and yeah. You know it, that it, that could be automated. But for the example of working with small companies like that, like you you imagine pedal train to be a big thing, but get on Facebook right now and you won't find a pedal train page. They shut it down because they just couldn't handle all of the questions right, and things right. they had. You know, so like it's they, like they're they moving. Couldn't answer all of the customers' questions appropriately. So they're just like we can't. Even right. Deal so it's like they've got a they've got a model that allows them to mass produce, but they're also just a company that's it's still a handful of guys. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So, this makes sense. It's an interesting thing, and you just imagine people imagine that that. Well, that people. I think people assume that every single company that they come in contact with is a huge sort of deal. Yeah. And that there's a bunch of people over there taking care of everything. Because we used to buy stuff on Amazon. I mean, yeah. Mo- <laughs> most like, most places have less employees. So I just bought a burrito on Amazon. Yeah. Where the hell is my drone? <laughs> most, get the drone here to get my burrito. Most pe- most places have less employees than like the Subway sandwich place across the street from you. You know, totally. Like that place has six employees in it. You know, that place has more employees. Than the company who's building. And then you think of your your thing that you want. You think of uh, like a small boutique pedal company. Uh huh. Like how many pedals they're putting out a day? Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to supply all their dealers and direct sales and Guitar Center and you know whatever. It's like they're hustling. Like they're totally. really really busting hustling. asses. And then people get people go ask them stupid questions all day long. And they still <laughs> have to answer. Hey, when know? are you going to make a clone of my favorite drive? <laughs> Dude, actually, one of my... Um, Why don't you guys... When is Strymon going to make a tube screamer? One of the owners oh of one of my gosh. favorite pedal companies posts on her Instagram, like, ridiculous customer emails every uh-huh. now and then, and it's just hilarious. I mean, I, I basically run a small business. I'm a self-employed graphic designer. I get all this stuff, too. I, I thought you were a professional guitarist, Ryan. No, What not kind of podcast is this? <laughs> but it's like, like you said, like... You dedicate a whole day to emails. You dedicate a whole day to doing stuff. It's the same thing for me. Like, I have to completely change gears just to email people. Yeah. And it completely throws me off my game, especially when you're trying to decipher some bizarre custom thing that someone wants and they don't even know how to explain it. And to get it. into that artistic spot in your mind, yeah. you can't, like, if you start answering emails in the morning, it wrecks the artistic Oh, totally. Thing. Totally. And then if you do all the artistic thing, you're, like, so mentally fatigued by the end of the day that you can't handle answering emails. Yeah. You know, so it's just like 
It's just cash twenty two. And then you try to answer emails on your phone, and your wife is like, "We're supposed to be having a fancy dinner, and, and you're, the baby's you're ignoring your son." The baby and... just crapped and everywhere, <laughs> squirted out of his diaper. And... <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. It's, it's a, the struggle is real. It's a real struggle. We're going kind of long on this. Uh, we're not going to hit that other topic. But... We don't want to hit it. No, we'll what hit that topic, next time. Uh, the the that guy. Okay. I will talk about him By later. By the time the next time rolls around, it's going to be too late. Yeah, I don't care. Do I super don't care. Okay. All right. Yeah, I got uh, We still Code don't... name Monjer. <laughs> we still don't have a song because uh, you guys are lazy and I you're think, letting us down. I think... We're just going to play a John I think Mayer someone... song. Who? That guy that doesn't have a Fender endorsement anymore. Oh, we should talk about that sometime. Talk about uh, that sometime. Oh, gosh. You guys <laughs> He's going to get a TMG endorsement. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so I think Only we might. A <laughs> I think we might be getting some songs on the old email between now and whenever, but who knows? Yeah, I, I, we don't know what song it's going to be, uh, but it'll be in there. Thank you for sending it. Uh, it'll be the best song this yeah. week. Next week we're going to have a guest if everything goes to plan. Another guest. Who's the guest? Uh, guest we've never met. Yeah, we've never met this person. Uh, Did- should we say the name of the company? Sure. It's uh. I, it's, it, a, it's a new division it? of Carl's Bad Guitars, which is an online seller. And I saw on Instagram that they were starting up a uh, a new company that specializes just in pedals. And it's going to be called Coast Sonic. I saw those guys. They, I think they followed on Facebook or commented or on Instagram. Yeah. And they're, they're actually, they've been posting a lot lately that they're going to be carrying stuff from uh, Fuzzrocious. Yeah. Which is uh, the pedal company that one of our listeners did a demo for a while back on a mini episode. Uh, so we're excited to talk, sit down and talk with them about their business, about how they run, about what kind of stuff that they're going to be doing, what kind of pedals they like and, and whatnot. Uh, so looking forward to that. Hopefully that pans out. I know that they're going to be traveling until the day before that we are supposed to record. So hopefully all their travel plans come together and we can make this thing happen because it'll be super interesting to talk to them. Uh, the podcast is going to line up with the launch of their company, which should be interesting. So we're doing kind of an official which thing. Which will totally get you free pedals, right? Yeah. Right. I have no idea. If someone put something in my hat, hand and said, you can have this, I would keep it. So And then sell it on Craigslist. And then oh sell it when I stopped using it. Uh, <laughs> a week later. I think it's just it's a lot of fun to touch base with people who are running in, you know, Within the business, we talked with with uh, you know guy Gibson or our listener Paul, right? Paul Str- yes. I met. I didn't want to mess up your name, Paul. Paul. We've been drinking. Uh, we talked with Paul at Gibson. We've talked with Daniel. This is your second. This is your fourth this time is my on the fourth podcast. Time, dude. But it's this our second time sitting down with you. Second session. Yep. Uh, so you're a repeat offender. Is there anyone else that we've talked to? Uh, We've been doing the thing with Big Ear. No one that's like a, in the business. But uh, I, I'd like to do more of this where we're talking to people who are in the business uh, who can answer questions that we, Steve and I just wouldn't have any idea because we're just consumers. We're just slackers. Yeah. We're, the, we're on the consumer. people should send you pedals and then you guys could play them and talk about them. I'm not going to disagree with you. People should do that. Yeah. People should send us stuff and then we'll play it. I sent you a pedal board, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to do art for you as soon as you give me the. One r- of these days when we're old men. Yeah, get, like, Ryan, get that art done. You'll be like, I can't. I got the arthritis. I got the arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, this has been episode 41. 
I hope you had enjoyed it. Uh, next week we'll be with Cosonic. Enjoy whatever song I picked or whatever song you sent. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Yup. Bye. See ya. Uh, yeah. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>